Welcome back to another episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lab. My name is Ryan Janke, and I'm joined in the studio here by Corey Litton. Corey? Hey, hey how's it going there, Ryan? It's going good. Uh, um, we had a false start here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, that's kind of funny because we had a lot of jump starts on Friday night, so it just kind of kind of works out once you think about it. Good. All <laughs> right, well, let's get after it. We are going to cover racing from Friday, August 12th through Sunday. August the 14th, 2022. So uh, why don't you just take it away? Red River Valley Speedway Hobby Stock Special, Friday night, August the 12th. Well, a wild night started off in the Legends after a Sean Johnson rollover. We'll talk more about that later in our unintentional rollover contest. He is okay, though. That is the uh, good thing out there. Uh, Hollywood Ty Wilkie began the race in the 12th spot, and he climbed all the way up to win in the Legends division. In the sport mods that were up next, uh, Landon Motts, he jumped up from third to the lead quickly, but a late race caution would bunch up the field and set up a green-white checkered finish. Uh, Landon has not had a, a victory yet, so this was uh, this was a big moment for him because he had a pretty good lead. Uh, Rich Pavlicek threw a slider in turn uh, in the first set of corners there and was able to complete his charge up from an 11th place starting spot to pass Motts for the win. Then it was the cool cat Calvin Kesselberg started on the pole, uh, and he was able to hold off the cheetah Rob Van Mill to win and Todd Heinrich to win in the stock cars. Next, it was Andy Paik starting in the seventh spot, charging up to the lead early to win in the race saver sprint cars over Hollywood Ty Wilkie and Trevor Service. The Nevada Nightmare Colin Hibden. Uh, normally, we we don't get to see him very often this year. Actually, um, uh, the last couple of years he's been up here dominating the modified class, but he started tenth, quickly made up his way to, to the lead for his second Red River Valley Speedway win of the year in the modifieds over Dave Shipley and Jeff Oden. Then in the hobby stocks, as we said earlier, we had a, we had a big special for them sponsored by Zoa Energy Drink. They have the Rock in their ads. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it must be powerful. Um, they had a, had a couple heated moments when Stone Cold Brad Orvidal and Tanner Engen got together in the front stretch and it didn't end there. Uh, and actually just to kind of describe it a little bit from what I saw in there, Tanner Engen was running on a higher lane than everybody else. And when he would get going straight forward, he'd have just a ton more speed than everybody else. So Orvidal didn't see him coming. Obviously they didn't have mirrors in their cars and Orvidal tried to go up to the higher lane. That's when Tanner Engen was there. They got together real hard. Uh, for a second, and uh, they they got together in the front stretch, and like I said, it didn't end there. Orvidal retaliated in turn one on a restart after a wreck that happened uh, elsewhere in that one, uh, stacking up several cars, and then he just finished off Egan in the front straightaway, also taking out Tyler Hayne. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, once the helmet fires were put out, um, <laughs> Tim <laughs> Tim Otterness held off Brody Eckert and Billy Heron for the win. Wow, had some fireworks out there. That's fun. Yeah, like I said, full moon weekend, <laughs> and it really showed up. <laughs> All right, well, the next night, Saturday, August 13th, Viking Speedway Short Tracker Special in Alexandria, Minnesota. Well, starting off the night was the Midwest Modifieds where Avery Anderson led, uh, took the lead from the drop of the green flag and held on for the first four laps when Taylor Bitson got by. Bitson survived a Hail Mary slide job attempt in the last set of corners by Travis Sauer where their front wheels even kissed just a little bit. I could see just a little bit of smoke coming off of them. And normally that would send, you know, uh, send Avery Anderson, or, uh, um, sorry, uh, <laughs> Taylor Bitson to the moon. But he was able... <laughs> 
he was able to hold on there. Uh, he got his second Viking Speedway win. Travis Sauer finished in the second spot, and then Josh Buzz Music finished in the third position. Up next, uh, where the super stocks were, Jordan Henkemeyer had uh, had the car to beat early on. Jim Fuchs and uh, Jim Chrysler got together early and spun into the infield, narrowly missing where the pit wall was and a water truck. Wow. It was pretty impressive. Um, I don't think they did it on purpose. <laughs> but, uh, Trevor Sauer, he tracked down Hankemeyer and took the lead just as Hankemeyer's car experienced an issue with the rear end, bringing his night to an end. Uh, Sauer ran out the remaining laps for the win. Mopar Matt Miller finished in the second spot, and the cruiser Jeff Krause finished in third. Jeff Krause is also the the uh, head coach for the Alexandria Blizzard hockey team oh, okay. in the NA3HL. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, that's a good class for him to race in as the super stocks because they like to hit each other. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, during the street stock heat races, the Wolverine Justin Vogel had trouble early as he spun out in front of most of the field, causing a multi-car crash, including Avery Went, who barrel rolled two times, scoring an eight-point rollover. Uh, Vogel made a uh, start, restarted last, and made his way up to win in the heat. Um, so Ryan Satter also had the same. He had another issue too. He had a transmission slipping. Just to kind of go off a script here a bit, uh, so he dropped to the back of the packs. So basically, he looked at Justin Vogel and said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> he he uh, his training was slipping, so he dropped to the back of the pack on the start of the race, and then all of a sudden just picked up and he took off and caught the rest of the field and passed everybody and won his heat race also. Holy cow. <laughs> Vogel had more charging up to do, though, in the uh, feature race. Found his way up to the front again after starting seventh and taking the lead on lap number four in a three-wide battle with J.J. Newberta and Craig Gardner. Vogel held off the ripper Ryan Satter, who again, did he charged up too. I think they started side by side. Uh, the funny thing was, when they started, so I believe... Satter's car was good on the bottom, so he was starting, on, and he was starting on the outside of Justin Vogel, whose car was good on anywhere. So they basically switched lanes on the start of the race and made their way through all the way up to the front of the, <laughs> the field. It was pretty fun to watch. But uh, yeah, Ryan Satter finished in the second spot. Newberta finished in the third spot. Uh, short trackers came out and stole the show, though, when Sean Robinson made a three-wide pass for the win, only by about a wheel length uh, between Hunter Goulet and Sean Beto. Uh, which and it was a special for them too as well. So probably a good thing that they put on a show for that one, uh, and and it was an awesome one at that. Uh, then with 12 laps to go in the modified main event, Justin Fremming completed his charge up from the fifth place uh, starting spot to the lead for his first ever modified victory over Ryan Gerke and Dustin Bitson. Then uh, that was uh, that was the end of the night there for uh, Viking Speedway. All right, now uh, I got to ask you, uh, full moon this weekend. Saw yeah. a lot of weird things. Yes. <laughs> I should have asked you this before so you had a chance to think about it. What's the craziest thing you've seen? At a at, racetrack at, ever? At a racetrack. Oh, that is difficult. Um, I mean, I, I always keep going back to that one heat race where everybody pulled off except for a guy that was three quarters of a lap down and he won. Oh, sure. Uh, that's that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, you know, one of the crazier things, there's a, a guy that I watched race a lot um, and a good friend of mine, uh, Greg Freestead. He was having a tough year, and uh, he won a heat race out in Jamestown, and that was big. You know, later later in the year, people are like, "Oh, you go to heat race, win, whatever, whatever." That's yeah. but this, this was big for him because he had a terrible year. He had the the dumbest kind of luck that whole entire season. <laughs> but he's running the bottom the whole time, and uh, he had probably a full straightaway on the field when he took the checkered flag. And I'm already looking over to see who's finishing in second because there was a battle behind him. And as that happened, I see a puff of dust go off, and his car disappears. 
So he was running the bottom the whole entire time. Yeah. And he went all the way up to the top of the racetrack to try to check out, see if there was anything up there, because you never know. If you never move off of one lane. Sure. I mean, so he did that and it was it was a, it was dirty to say the least up there, and he just launched off of the racetrack. Really? After winning his heat race. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, and uh yeah. I and literally my call was for that one, and Greg Freestead is your winner. And where'd he go? <laughs> and then I see him kind of pulling back onto the racetrack and going to the scale. I'm like, <laughs> I had a hard time uh, finishing the the call of the rest of that one, including most of the lineup for the next race. I was still laughing the entire time because, of course, even when something great's going for him, he still have something big happen that is just sure. dumb luck kind of thing happen for him. Oh, that's so, funny. Yeah, that's one of the things. Cool. I should go through a list. I know there's a lot of things that I've seen that have been weird, like. Uh, animals running onto the racetrack. Um, uh, usually, about once a once or twice a year, we have a rabbit that causes some issue out at the Red River Valley Speedway. And you sure. think, you know, with generations of uh, the possibility of having evolution in there, uh, it's, it's they're still <laughs> dumb enough to keep running onto the racetrack. <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Maybe during the off season, we'll have uh, uh, Corey. I'll have to come up with a list. Corey Litton's top ten craziest uh, dirt track. <laughs> sightings or something like that. There's right. probably a lot of them I'm not allowed to say on the radio yet. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Sunday, August the 14th, Minkota Lightning Sprint Championship Night, Buffalo River Speedway in Glendon, Minnesota. Yeah, they had the Minkota Lightning Sprint Summer Shootout Tour, which uh, hit uh, four different racetracks. It started in uh, Ada at the Norman County Raceway on Thursday. It, then it went up to uh, River City Speedway in Grand Forks on Friday. Saturday went out to the Greenbush Race Park Uh and then it wrapped up out at Glendon at the Buffalo River Speedway. Uh, uh, Tyler Hall, he started fifth and earned his second modified victory of the year despite constant pressure from Jesse Skalicki, who finished in the second spot. Jamie Schultz, who is the point leader, finished in the third spot. Up next was Scotty Heron battling hard with Chris Seidel and Nate Hansen in the hobby stocks to, for uh, Heron to get his uh, third win of the year out there. Seidel finishing in second and Hansen finishing in third. Sport Mod point leader Kelly Jacobson was involved in a three-car pileup with Mac McGrew and Brady Moore in the early feature race, uh, which could have been disastrous for his title chances. I think he came in with only about a 10-point lead over his mm. dad, which is uh, that's a, that's a funny story in itself right there. <laughs> uh, Jacobson, he minimized the point loss by scraping together a fourth-place finish with the crusher, crusher Justin Jones finish, getting the win. Second place in points, Kelly's and Kelly's father, Scott Jacobson, finishing in the third spot, or second spot, excuse me, and Tory Fisher finishing in third. Uh, Wayland Current, uh, he passed half of the cars in the short tracker field to be a perfect one for one at Buffalo River this year. Hunter Galay finished second, and Jason Cast finished in third. So the short trackers are basically a combination of two different classes, like your uh, classic mini stocks, which were the rear wheel drive four cylinder cars. Like your Mustangs and your Pintos and and uh, Vegas even sure. and stuff like that, and then the um, the uh, Hornet division also is kind of a is the other class that is combined there where they have like the front wheel drive four cylinder cars too. So, uh, Wayland Current had one of those old Mustangs, and there was also a Pinto in that one too, which I thought and it was smoking. I thought that was hilarious because <laughs> usually it's not not a good sign when there's smoke coming out of the back of a pinto right <laughs> but uh yeah Wayland current he uh, all the rest of the cars in there were front wheel drive cars and he just managed to put on a pretty good show out there it, the track was a little bit heavier than usual so he with a rear wheel drive car you will have a little bit better of an opportunity there because the weight distribution is different and sure. the power distribution is different so usually on a dry slick track you, you tend to see the front wheel drive cars uh, excel because 
they don't have to put as much power down to keep going. And they, they're they a little more stable on a drier, slicker racetrack. So mm-hmm. Wayland Current picked up that win out there and just motored around everybody, too. It's kind of cool to see an old mini stock get a win. Yeah. Uh, then after that, drivers from seven states and two Canadian provinces came out of Buffalo came out to Buffalo River to decide the championship in the Minkota Lightning Sprint Summer Shootout, and it was Lakeside California's Grant Sexton getting the win over Colorado Springs Chris Crowder. Wow! Uh, and Greenbush, Minnesota's Alex Truszynski. Uh, that with that uh, third place finish, Truszynski he was crowned the champion over his father Alan, who finished in the eighth position and had to climb up. He had to come through a B main to get up and and uh, just charge up to get an eighth place finish. Uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty impressive to see all the people and where they all came from. We had Colorado, California, Kansas, Missouri, North Dakota, Minnesota, obviously. And uh, uh, then he had also people coming from Manitoba and Quebec too. So wow. it was it, it was pretty impressive and and uh, just. To hear the different kinds of accents all in the same place at one time is pretty cool as well. What accents? <laughs> yeah, it, it made me uh, it made me notice that I have one. Um, I, tr- I tried for years to painstakingly get rid of mine, but yeah, yeah it's not going anywhere. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, with uh, the next week being the season championship out at the Buffalo River Speedway, here are the uh, point standings as of now. In the sport mods, Kelly Jacobson is the point leader. He has scored 340 points so far. His uh, dad, Scott, is only four points behind. Uh, then Vince Jetvig is in third. He has thir- he's thirty five points back. Um, in the Lightning Sprints, Alex Trushinsky is your point leader, two hundred and ninety eight points. Dexter Devergston, twenty one points back. Alan Trushinsky, thirty two points back. Uh, in the Legends, Ty Wilkie has one hundred and ninety nine points. Dylan Johnson is twenty points back. Ashton Speaker and Scotty Richardson both tied for third. They are twenty two points back. In the Short Trackers, it's Jason Cast. Uh, who is your point leader, 286 points. Adrian Kubitz is 17 points back, and the interesting fact about that is your top two in points, who are really the only two that are going to have a shot at at the title out there, neither of them have a win. So <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it's been pretty uh, pretty weird. Uh, then Hunter Galay sitting in third, uh, 32 points back. Scotty Heron is your point leader in the hobby stocks, 223 points scored. Chad Visser is only three points back, and Brad Orvidal is only four points There's back. There's a so. close one. That's going to be interesting coming down to the very end of that one. In the Modifieds, Jamie Schultz has not been out of the point lead the entire year. He won the opening week. He has 222 points. Cody Peterson is 11 points back, and Tony Mack is 31 points back. Second and third, also without a win this year. All right, and they finish it up next week? Yes, they do. Uh, Season championship night will be on Sunday. All right. And we had some NASCAR again Sunday, August the 14th in Richmond. Here is the call from NASCAR.com. Kevin Harvick! He's going to win at Richmond. He goes back to back. Yeah, boys. Great job. Great job. There it is. Yeah, so Kevin Harvick, he won a second straight Cup Series race of the year in Richmond, Virginia on Sunday. Christopher Bell finished in the second position. Chris Buescher finished in third. Denny Hamlin fourth. And point leader Chase Elliott finished in the fifth spot. Ryan Blaney, who finished in tenth, and with two races to go to the playoffs, Watkins Glen in Daytona, still remains the only driver currently in the playoffs who doesn't have a win. Even, even though he's solidly in by points alone. He's got his fingers crossed. Yeah, a new winner could knock him out. And there are still a lot of uh, people out there that do not have a win this season and especially like I said with Watkins Glen and Daytona you got to always factor in that you know uh Chase Elliott's going to be the man to beat out at Watkins Glen because he sure. is really good at road course racing 
And there are a few other people, like maybe a road course ringer comes in there and wins. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that could just totally, totally throw a wrinkle into it. And Daytona is, you know, flip a coin. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you could get wrecked on lap number one, or you can make, you could dominate the entire night. It's, uh, it, you never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, a new winner could potentially knock him out. Uh, Chase Elliott still has the point lead, like we said earlier, 882 points scored. Ryan Blaney's 116 points back. Kyle Larson in third, 137 points back. Then it's Martin Truex Jr., who is 142 points back. Ross Chastain, 143 points back. And just as of two weeks ago, Kevin Harvick was back farther than Ryan Blaney was as far as, you know, with the... uh, the odds of making the playoffs, but then he won two in a row. Right, like yeah. it was nothing, and yeah, yeah he he's like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, he was he was above the cut line, so uh, yep. and just barely, and yeah, now he's solidly in. Now he's in. So up next, like you said, Watkins Glen. That's this coming up Sunday. That's right. All right, and so then we move on to the World of Outlaws. There was uh, some excitement there. World of Outlaws Saturday, August thirteenth, the sixty first. Knoxville Nationals, somebody that we've heard of before. That That's right. Uh, and I was on my way back from uh, Viking Speedway in Alexandria, and this is going on. All of a sudden, I'm seeing my phone light up, mm-hmm. and it's people texting me. So yeah. I, I pulled over and watched. Uh, I didn't have the live pass to watch it, but I did have like live timing and scoring on my phone. So I pulled over for a little bit, noticing and looked and noticed that there were a few laps to go. And I'm here, and the, the text messages I was getting were, he's coming. He's coming. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. And I'm like, <laughs> who? And then they said, Knoxville, you got to watch this. And I did eventually watch the replay of it, uh, but Donnie Schatz, he stalked, he caught, and then devoured David Gravel late in the 61st running of the Knoxville Nationals to win uh, for the win that for the 11th time on Saturday night. David Gravel finished in the second spot. Logan Schuhart finished in third. Sunshine Tyler Courtney, who led quite a bit of the race, finished in the fourth spot, and Jacob Allen finished in fifth. And uh, Jacob Allen is also the teammate of Logan Schuhart, so that's a pretty mm. good uh, team effort right there. It had been five years since Schatz's last win, the 10th win, and with this year's triumph brings him only one win away from tying the mark set by the king, Steve Kinzer, for most uh, Knoxville Nationals titles ever. So uh, that was a pretty, pretty, pretty big win out there. And it's, you know, Schatzville came back once yeah. again. So oh, for sure. So yeah, congratulations <laughs> and, to Donnie Schatz. And just after a couple of months after losing his father, this was a big and emotional win for him. And uh, I can tell you for a fact that I was definitely pulling for him uh, this entire uh, weekend, uh, knowing the Schatz family as like I do and getting to see his nieces and stuff race all the way from go-karts up. And mm-hmm. it's, it was a, it was a big win. It, it was, it meant more than it really did, uh, you know, right. than just a big, than just a win. Right. It was, it meant a lot. Yeah, that was great. So uh, up next, uh, Thursday through Saturday, Jackson Motorplex, Jackson Nationals in Jackson, Minnesota. That's another one of those big, uh, big events out there. Uh, a Thursday through Saturday show. They don't do a lot of two-day shows at racetracks. Uh, they like to move along. Sure. So this is a three-day one here at Jackson Motorplex, and uh, this is one of those crown jewel events too. So it's, that should be a good, uh, sh- should be a good time. Cool. Very good. So uh, you mentioned it earlier. We had a couple of rollovers. What's the update on the unintentional rollover contest? So I had to watch a replay to uh, get an official count on how many sides <laughs> face down because Sean Johnson's rollover on Friday, like I said, it was like watching a tornado go through a trailer park kind of thing. <laughs> it just pieces and parts went flying. You, you, I had to try to count the sides. You know, you look at yeah. numbers, you look at the roof, and usually my indicators look at the roof how many times that comes sure. up. Sure. 
Well, he also pirouetted and kind of frisbeed in oh, wow. <laughs> and stuff too. But he eventually, had, so I counted the sides that faced the ground. That is where you officially get a point total for it. And it was one and a half times for a score of six points. It was a lot more than a lot more impressive than that. Mm-hmm. He did pull into the the uh, money lead, by the way. Um, so we like to do a thing, at, especially at the Red River Valley Speedway, called the Rollover Fund. Uh-huh. It was started years ago, where uh, uh, Rod Miller, uh, the the Hall of Fame announcer from the Red River Valley Speedway, he uh, he he would do a thing where he'd ask, he'd say, "Hey kids, go get some money from your your parents and donate to the rollover fund for the driver because we have insurance that covers the driver, but not the car." Sure. So uh, then they give the money to the driver, and you know all the kids come up there and uh, and I let them say their name into the microphone mm-hmm. and, and stuff like, "Who's this from?" and uh, and you know, adults have started to jump in on that pile too, and. He he got eleven hundred forty two dollars in the rollover fund. Really, that's how much cash came through in the booth uh, on wow. uh, Friday night for Sean Johnson, and uh, yeah, it was it was that was incredible. That was an incredible thing to see uh, to have a, that much money donated to uh, one person out there. And I, I'm pretty sure, uh, looking at that car, I mean, the body alone is probably worth that. Sure, but and. Looking at the car afterwards, there are a few bent pieces and stuff, but he drove it onto the trailer with no body That's or anything crazy. involved on it. But yeah, it was great to see that. It was a great, great thing, uh, especially since a lot of these people were that were donating were also families of competitors. Oh, okay. In there, so yeah. at times, you know, especially this time of year, they don't love each other so much as uh, <laughs> as right. uh, uh, another great announcer, Ron Krogh, always uh, would say. But uh, it, it's nice to see that see people coming together mm-hmm. in this sport, even if you don't like them. Yeah. But hey, we don't want to see you see issues like this, right? Yeah, we wanna, exactly. We want to beat you. We don't want to destroy you. Yeah, and he was, uh, <laughs> and he was uh, physically, personally himself, fine. Yeah, he too. was fine. He yeah. got out of the car, waved to the crowd. Yeah. I think he took a bow too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably deserved it. If you're, if you're not going to win the show, be the show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, and then uh, also Avery went on Saturday. He went over two complete times for a score of eight points. Again, he was okay. He got out of the car very quickly too. So that's all, always great to say and see. Uh, so uh, they're they're a solidly about mid pack though. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of you know four point rollovers, but and a sixteen point rollover from uh, one of our lightning sprints from last week. But yeah, they're about mid pack, and I think we've now crossed over twenty cars entered into the rollover wow. contest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what's next, Corey? What do we got going on? Well, on Wednesday, August seventeenth, Forks Karting Association will be racing out there from seven p.m. and starting at seven p.m. in Grand Forks, North Dakota. On Thursday, August eighteenth, it'll be the season championship and fan appreciation appreciation night at the Norman County Raceway in Ada at seven p.m. Late model special at the KRA Speedway at seven in Wilmer, Minnesota, as well. On Friday, August nineteenth, it'll be modified meet and greet along with Hall of Fame night at the Red River Valley Speedway. Six thirty is when the meet and greet goes on, so be there about that time. Uh, all of our modified drivers will come down front, and you can go hang out with them for a little bit. That's out in West Fargo. Uh, back to school night bus races at the River City Speedway in 7 p.m. That's up in Grand Forks. I-94 Sure Step Speedway will be racing as well at 7 p.m. in Fergus Falls. Then on Saturday, August 20th, it'll be the fourth annual Carpenter Memorial Jamestown Speedway uh, in uh, Jamestown, North Dakota, 7 p.m. start time. Season championship night on Sunday, August 21st at the Buffalo River Speedway in Glendon, 6 p.m. start time. Dakota Dream with the NLRA Late Models at Cheyenne Speedway starts at 6 as well out in Lisbon. 
then on Monday, August 22nd, the Christian Cars Online Summer Series Championship out at the Red River Cart Club, 6.30 start time. They're also having a meet and greet at intermission as well. So all the kids are going to bring their carts onto the racetrack and we can go hang out with them. Ah, cool. They'll like that. And they hand out their driver cards, sign autographs. It's funny, especially since most of them aren't old enough to know cursive <laughs> and don't really have an autograph. Uh, you know, I don't... Uh, <laughs> I don't think they even teach it anymore. I I wouldn't know. I I got out <laughs> over twenty years ago, so I'm yeah. <laughs> but that'll be in West Fargo. Um, again, six thirty start time, and it's free to attend if you want to sit in the grandstands. And also, don't forget this uh, week, all weekend, Thursday through uh, Sunday. It'll be August 18th to the 21st. It'll be Lamb Jam in Catherine, North Dakota. Again, oh. we had a good talk with uh, Lynn Lamb uh, th- just last week, and uh, that's a that's a great event. That's going to be fun to go get to. And I've Saturday off from all my regular tracks, so I might uh, might swing down to Catherine and go check out Lamb Jam again. Yeah, I think you should. That'll be a nice little break for you. Yeah, it's, it was a good time last year, and uh, I was happy to get to be a part of it and uh, definitely want to go back out there again. And don't forget, you can catch Corey Litton on 790 KFGO or 104.7, where he will be on the KFGO morning crew for Checkers and Wreckers Friday morning at 640. That's every Friday morning. Do you do that through the off-season too, Corey? Uh, no, we usually wrap that up. I think we're wrapping it up the first weekend of October. Okay, sounds good. So we got you for a little while yet. Yes. And that'll be live. That'll be all the latest racing news and updates from around the region and around the country too so don't miss that 790 104.7 kfgo friday 640 with Corey litton so that's it that's yep. all we got for this week for Corey litton i'm ryan janky thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time for checkers and wreckers victory lap